At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This is a news.com newsflash. There are two pieces of information Blaine Gibson is not willing to divulge. The first is his whereabouts, the second, his age. He laughs about the latter but is deadly serious about the former. He believes his life is at risk. The reason? Gibson has been on a multi-year mission to find and recover debris from flight MH370, the Malaysian Airlines operated Boeing 777 which went missing on March 8, 2014, en route from Kuala Lumpur Airport to Beijing, with 239 souls on board. The disappearance has been described as the biggest mystery in aviation history. The most robust evidence suggests the plane crashed in a remote region of the southern Indian Ocean after its communication equipment was switched off. Adventurer Gibson set off to find debris from the crash after consulting with oceanographers at the University of Western Australia UWA, who mapped ocean currents to pinpoint where the debris was likely to wash up. Today he is arguably the world's most famous beachcomber, having found or recovered from locals 22 pieces of debris, 18 of which are recorded in the official accident investigation as being, likely or almost certainly, from the airplane. Gibson wasn't the first to find wreckage from MH370. The first recorded piece of the puzzle was a 2.7M piece of wing called a flapwing which was found on July 29, 2015, on a beach at St. Andre, on Reunion Island by a local man. In September that year Gibson met with UWA's professor Charita Patiarachi and asked where other bits of debris would be likely to wash up. He told me based on where the flapwing was found the plane had probably come down between 28 and 33 degrees south and 96 and 100.5 degrees east. He told me to go to Madagascar and Mozambique about two years after the crash and look. I went to Mozambique and found my first piece on February 27, 2016. The last piece I recovered was found by a fisherman in Madagascar in 2017. I saw it in his junkyard in November last year. Gibson's discoveries are an important part of the puzzle confirming UWA studies and reinforcing other evidence, including satellite and radar data, that points to the wreckage being somewhere in the Indian Ocean. Importantly his finds help inform search criteria and dispel some of the more outlandish theories that have taken hold in the factual vacuum surrounding the mystery. But his treasure hunt has come at a cost. Gibson has been the subject of what he believes is an organized and concerted smear campaign. He has been threatened, an attempt was made on his life, he has been burgled, sensitive notes have been taken, he has been accused of being variously a US spy and a Russian spy and he is trolled relentlessly by faceless keyboard warriors around the world. Usually happy to speak to interviewers, Giesbon has been quiet about his work since December last year after he became concerned for his safety following a break-in at his hotel and an attempt on his life, which he says is being investigated by authorities. He says the threats and trolling ramped up considerably after he posted details of the last piece of debris he recovered in Madagascar, which some parties have claimed is part of the wreckage of a racing yacht, Vestas, which hit rocks and broke apart near Mauritius in November 2014. 
My hotel room in Madagascar was professionally broken into on December 22, 2022. My notebook was stolen. I think they were after the debris and were looking for me, he reveals. They just missed me as I had gone to hand the piece into the Madagascar authorities who have an agreement to send it to aviation investigators in Malaysia. I hate to think what they would have done to me had I been there. The date Gibson refers to is unclear. He points to another incident in which he believes he was being lured to a meeting which was a setup. I got wind of it, I didn't go, I learned later that some guys were planning to hit me, that was years ago, he says. What he is sure of, is that these incidents are related to the plane. There is a lot of resistance to me finding debris, he explains. It is shameful. The claim that the latest piece of debris is from the Vestas is ridiculous because it would have taken two months for debris from that yacht to wash up in Madagascar, not three years. An analysis of the piece by Richard Godfrey of the Independent Group, a collection of experts who are investigating the disappearance, concludes that the lightning protection cover on it and a honeycomb matrix that it is constructed from suggest it is most likely from an aircraft. I'm not an engineer, admits Gibson, but I have held in my hands 22 pieces of MH370 debris, 18 are in the official report and I know a piece of the plane when I see it and touch it. Those who claim it's not from the plane are wrong and they know they are wrong. To the outsider, such vehement arguments over whether a sheet of carbon fiber that washed up on a beach on an island off the coast of East Africa and was being used as a washboard by a fisherman can seem overblown. But a lot of reputations have been staked on various theories about what happened to the plane and any confirmed pieces of MH370 wreckage found in the region Gibson has targeted reinforced the theory that the aircraft crashed in the southern Indian Ocean. Interestingly the contentious piece had a series of cuts on its surface, which suggests something sliced through it. Something very forceful made those four parallel cuts, says Gibson. Godfrey, a physicist and avionics expert, believes the incisions were made by compression blades from the engine of the aircraft which came apart when the plane forcefully impacted the ocean. This would then add weight to the consensus view among many experts that the plane's pilot, Zahari Ahmad Shah was clinically depressed and crashed on purpose in an act of mass murder-suicide. The theory is supported by friends who say in the months before the flight he was isolated and lonely. It was also discovered that he had plotted a similar flight path into the middle of the southern Indian Ocean on his home PC flight simulator. Other scenarios include some kind of malfunction which incapacitated the crew and passengers, a hijack, or an explosion, although other Knowledge. Knowledge. Unfiltered. Unfiltered. News.com. News.com. News. In one, the plane was hijacked by Russian terrorists who commandeered it remotely from an electronics compartment under the floor of the first-class cabin and flew it to Kazakhstan. Satellite data was then doctored, and fake debris was planted. In the other theory, U.S. military planes jammed MH370's communication systems then shot it down to prevent sensitive electronics equipment on board reaching China. Both scenarios are sketchy and supported by flimsy supposition. Gibson contributed to the DOCA series but says he was not told it would be concentrating on conspiracy theories. It has made things worse, I regret doing it, he admits. They told me they weren't going to be pushing conspiracy theories. Family members of passengers I know who were in it were told it was going to be about the families, but it was really a hit piece. Two of the theories were total fantasy at best. It has done a tremendous disservice to efforts to renew the search because anyone watching that series would think there is no evidence as to where the plane is. 
It is sad, relatives were disturbed by it. In the documentary one of the contributors claimed that Gibson is a US spy or a Russian spy, and that the debris was planted. That's absurd and very hurtful for me personally and to the families, Gibson laments. He does however agree that his experiences suggest there is some form of malevolent intent by actors unknown to obfuscate investigations and hamper searches, of which there have now been two. It's clear to me there is a conspiracy to cover up. Whether they are covering up to hide the fact that someone was up to something nefarious on the plane, I don't know. Whether it's because the Malaysians are embarrassed because there may have been a pilot suicide, that's possible. There are some people who do not want this plane found, the question is who are they and why do they not want the plane found? He ponders. Despite this, the tantalizing possibility of finally locating the wreckage and answering long-standing questions is closer this week following the publication of a groundbreaking study which shows the most detailed projected flight path of the plane yet and pinpoints the aircraft's final position to a tiny remote patch of ocean. The authors, Richard Godfrey, Dr. Hannes Kutzi and Professor Simon Maskell, used an archive of records of radio waves transmitted by ham operators at the time to identify and track MH370 where there was no radar coverage and only intermittent satellite data transfers, or pings. Scientists have found that the movement of aircraft through these radio waves is visible in the data recorded by what is known as the Weak Signal Propagation Reporter Network, or WSPRNet, better known as WhisperNet. The idea of using amateur radio signals as a passive radar system to detect and track aircraft was first proposed in a NATO paper written by the Finnish Air Defense Academy in 2016. Using WhisperNet data the study authors were able to ascertain that the plane banked south into the Indian Ocean and flew for 7 hours 35 minutes before it ran out of fuel and then glided for 11 minutes before subsequently crashing. The data has been sent to the Malaysian Minister of Transport, the Malaysian Accident Investigation Bureau and the Australian Transport Safety Bureau, ATSB, all stakeholders in the original search for the missing aircraft and its 239 passengers and crew. Significantly, it has also been presented to private search and salvage company Ocean Infinity, which conducted a 120SQ search in 2018 after the ATSB called off its search. It's hoped this new data, a more refined version of an earlier analysis of WS Peernet data, will create the impetus for a search of the identified area. Godfrey believes that if a new search were conducted using the refined parameters and the most up-to-date search vehicles, it is only a matter of time before the wreckage is found. In all the arguments over technical detail, politics and conspiracy, the voices of those who perished on the plane can easily be forgotten. In the search for someone to blame, the victims get lost. The disappearance of MH370 was not just a mystery, it was a tragedy in which parents, sons and daughters were lost. The human element tends to be overlooked. Gibson brings it back into focus when he shares details of the personal effects he's found during his searches. I found many empty luggage bags in Madagascar that were not local. They were found at the same time as the debris in the same places. No analysis was ever done on them or published. They were never presented to relatives, however a small group of us got the CCTV footage of the passengers boarding the plane and came up with about six highly probable matches, Gibson said. One was particularly striking as it had the logo of a travel agent in China that sold tickets to the flight. What was a bag like that doing on a beach in Madagascar? There was an airline slipper. A set of headphones that matched a pair a passenger was wearing. There was a ripped sealed duty-free bag that looked like the duty-free bags from Kuala Lumpur Airport. You find weird stuff on beaches, but not in that quantity.
If the owners of these items were passengers on the flight, Gibson says that the only way they get their voices heard is if the plane is found. The new study adds to the momentum that may yet lead to a fresh search. This is not about me, it's about the families who deserve to get an answer, he sighs. We need to find this plane for them and for the flying public. I hope this toxic atmosphere of hate will stop. Let's just renew the search, find the plane, give the families and public the answers and put the matter to rest. We might not ever know the full details but at least we will know more than we do now. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.